What's going on, everyone? Thank you for joining us on episode 26 of the 4th and Long Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen. We've been through this plenty of times. So you should know who I am by now. But if you're a new viewer, welcome to the show. I'm Ross, and I'm, I'm the main guy around here, and I run everything. Not really. Okay. I, I didn't think you'd let me just say that without you saying anything uh, back. I've been here since the beginning, doing a lot of okay. work. I'll let you just. Of course, take it. this guy that is talking is Jalen Johnson, co-host of the show, and we got one hell of a show for you guys. Of course, we're going to give you our XFL for uh, Week Four recap, along with the Week Five power rankings and the breakdown from all four games over the weekend. We have a brand new segment by the name of Beat the Clock, which is something you'll, I think, find very fun. And something you could join along with. And we're going to talk some NBA news. And we're going to have our two-minute warning to cap off the show with some crazy MLB news. And a really cool story that came out of the NHL from this weekend. But Jalen, we're going to start this by moving into our XFL Week 4 recap. And the power rankings, man. I think... When I was writing this, normally I'm able to get through them pretty quick. Maybe it takes like 10 minutes, but it, I really had to think about this, right? Probably probably took me a solid 20 minutes to fully research or th- 20, 30 minutes to fully research and make up my mind on these power rankings because, man, you, you can make a case for a lot of different teams in a lot of different positions. It's it hard. It was, it was hard making this one, but uh, we do have a new number eight team, and that's the Seattle Dragons. Um, they're not good. No, they no. have some. They have a great fan base. They're no standout starter. A quarterback as well. Again, too. So, um, I have these power rankings, and each team. I am going to have something that each team should be worried about. For me, the Seattle Dragons are number eight, and they should be worried that they don't have a standout starter or quarterback. They yeah, have pretty, more of a return style in the backfield. You can't do that. That's, yeah, most teams have. Most college teams have that figured out. So. For a pro football team, <laughs> that's definitely something to worry about. That your starter at this point in the season has Four not been games decided. This season, and you don't really have anyone. It's, Jaylen, it's, it's kind of yeah. sad that the uh, the Guardians found their starting quarterback before <laughs> the Vipers. I mean, the Dragons did. Right. Even yeah, awful. Jalen, you might hate me for this, but my seventh team is the LA Wildcats. Yeah, I do kind of hate you for that. It's okay, though, because that's the only thing you hate me for, and you hate me for a lot of other reasons. Yeah, I, but I think we should have been six, but this is this is all right. That's fair. That's right. I, I could – no, see, that's the thing. You can make argument about a lot of different teams in a lot of different places um, after this week, so I'm okay with that. Uh, the biggest worry for the Wildcats is their god-awful third-down conversion percentage. I think on the season, it's around 30%. It's a good number. I like that number. <laughs> If you're playing baseball, that's a great number. Yeah, but if you're playing football, that is awful, and that is something that they're going to work on if they really want to get this offense clicking the way it should be. My number six team is the Tampa Bay Bay Vipers. They were actually the first two weeks they were the number eight team, and now they're all the way up to number six based on their offensive performances from the last two weeks and their performance in their thrashing. Of the DC defenders, mm, let's not say offense performance. That gives them too much. It's their rushing performance. They don't have okay. an offense. They had <laughs> a great rushing performance. Thank you for that clarification, Jalen. Um, one thing they still need to be worried about is Cornelius Taylor because he's yes, he did decent this week and arguably last week, but I don't think he's a future. And they have some quarterback controversy, um, and we're going to talk about that here in a sec. Number yeah, five. Who, who would have thought that we'd be talking about the future of an XFL team at this point? Right. Man, the but XFL is I don't, I don't know. There's a, so there's a crazy stat uh, that I don't think we have on the um, agenda. But uh, so far since the XFL started, there has not been one week where there was a game with less than a million viewers. Really? Yeah, That's so far. awesome. So they, they done blown the AAF out the water already. Um, That's... That's not saying too much, but um, that is that. That's just positive news, though. That that's positive news. Um, my number five team is going to be the DC Defenders. They were off in number one, and then they were, um, in number two, and now they're all the way down to number five. They have had no offensive production recently, 
and their defense, which is the reason I have them at number one in the first power rankings, has kind of shat the bed. And anyone know the part that hurts for you most, Ross? What part? When when only good players, uh, person playing good on their defense is Raheem Moore. Let's not bring that up again. Oh, that was a bad, bad. And I will bring that up every week. You know, what? I don't blame you. I'll bring up every week that San Antonio Holmes. Oh, okay. Uh, but where's he at now? Yeah, out of the league. Number yeah, four. So. We actually, I think this is my hardest choice. Was be uh, my hardest choice this week was between, I think, um, seven six and five and four. I was really debating this, but I am going to place the New York Guardians over the DC Defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people might disagree, but I don't care because I, I think this is really where it is. Um, their defense has um, one thing to be worried about is that their defense has been giving up a lot of yards and points recently. Their defense has not been performing well, but they've won a couple of games. Uh, most recently over the Tampa Bay, um, they won. They beat the Vipers, and now they've been the Wildcats, and they might have found their guy at quarterback. And Luis Perez. So I think things are on the uptick for the Guardians. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, coming over from the AAF also, he was one of the top quarterbacks over there when he played for, I think, uh, Alabama, whatever team they had over there, the Iron or something like that. Uh, but he played for them, uh, and he's doing pretty good over there. And people are kind of sad that he didn't get an offer from any NFL teams. So it's, it's nice to see him doing good. He has another chance to prove himself in this, and that is the beauty of the XFL. Number three, even though I'm coming off a loss, I'm going to have the Dallas Renegades up in number three. Uh, they, they're they still a good all-around team, but I am worried about their quarterback situation, especially if Landry Jones is out for the season with that knee injury. He might be missing six weeks. And, of course, there's only six weeks left in the regular season now. So that might really tank them, and th- that's something, something obviously they should be worried about. Definitely. Um. um it's, it, it hurts to lose a starting quarterback, and especially when there's – like in the NFL, you kind of have like – even though you might not get a top-grade quarterback, there was a plethora of quarterbacks either on the market, on your roster, your practice squad, someone else's practice squad, someone else's backup. In the XFL, you're probably not going to trade for somebody else's backup right now because you have nothing to offer. There's not really any backups. I mean, there is Team 9, but I highly doubt that there's going to be – the if somebody on Team 9 was really that good, he would have been picked up already. Yeah. I mean, See, the thing is that there but... is someone – I'll get into this in a second once we talk about that Tampa game um, last night on the list. But this is something that you're going to want to hear and kind of a uh, take that I got on what's going to happen. There's going to be some changes to quarterback in the league. All right. Um, number two, um, same top two teams from last week. And number two, we have the St. Louis Battle Hawks. Um, what's really good is that their all-around team, um, Te'amu, is a solid quarterback. He won Player of the Week honors from the XFL this week after Cam Phillips won the last couple times. And they have – so they have a solid guy at quarterback. They have a good defense. They have a good offense. But one thing they have to be worried about, um, at least off of last week, is their lack of rushing output at the running back position. Their running backs had less than half of the rushing yards where um, Te'amu had most of them. And that's not sustainable. Yeah, no, uh, not having a rushing game. I mean, it might hold them now just because, you know, XFL, people start figuring stuff out. You might be able to get away with just a passing game. And especially since the way the rules are built is kind of built for having a passing game. So mm-hmm. you probably survive right now with it. But I think just the longer the XFL goes, the harder it's going to be to not have a balanced team. Mm-hmm. Of course, without a doubt, there's no other place that you could put this team. The number one team in the XFL is the last undefeated team. They're now 4-0. and Trash. And my favorite team, the Houston Roughnecks. Uh, but one thing about this team is that they're also similar to the Wildcats, is that they, for how many points they put up and how productive that offense is and how high-powered it is, they're not good on third down. I think um, over this week, they were only in the 30%, and that, of course, is not sustainable. Yep, that, that is definitely something you have to fix, especially when it comes down to playoffs. I think the intensity is going to, you know, go up a little bit uh, for the playoffs, and especially because I believe every team makes it but two, I believe. Is, is that correct? I'm not 100% no, sure. No, it's the semifinal and then the final. So, oh, it's just a, a it's two. Just it's top just top four. Top okay. two for division. I, my, the way I thought it was was uh, a, the third and uh, – well, 
third and second and well, a first round It doesn't round matter how you thought it was because you thought wrong. Yeah, no, I was just saying. Like, <laughs> I know. I'm just giving me... Kind of hurt my feelings. Good. Ouch. Yeah, that's what we do on the show. We hurt feelings, Jalen. No, we okay? don't. Okay. And we hurt collarbones and shoulders. Okay, um, I feel like this is getting really personal. Yeah, inside jokes. Yeah, love it. <laughs> um, those are that's the the uh, week five power rankings. Um, from order from eight to one, we got the dragons, wildcats, vipers, defenders, guardians, renegades, battle hots, and at the top of the list, at the top of the metaphorical mountain, we have the undefeated Houston Roughnecks. And they're not going to be losing anytime soon. Houston Roughnecks, inaugural XFL champions. You heard it Houston here first. Houston Roughnecks are losing this week. I really hope not. I'll be sad. Um, they play this week? Good question. Let's roll on into our <laughs> week four breakdown. Jalen, you can start us off because the first game of the weekend was the LA Wildcats at the New York Guardians, where the Guardians took this one by the final score of 17 to 14 there in MetLife Stadium. Yeah, it was it was it was a actually to be honest, for looking at the stats wise, it looks like it's a bad game. And all in all, it was a pretty exciting game from start to finish. It was a close game. Uh ended up coming down to just a field goal. Um, and then the LA Wildcats ended up having a chance to tie it up with the field goal, and that got pushed away and that didn't go too good. So uh, they missed that one and it couldn't tie the game up. And then they were driving late, but it couldn't get to the uh, score those final uh points to get back in the game. Um the running game for LA was pretty terrible. Uh, they had 40 yards on 13 attempts rushing. Obviously, you could say, well, they only had 13 attempts, but honestly, they usually have more than 40 yards and 13 attempts. That's just kind of, yeah. it's kind of sad. Just, yeah. just, just a little bit. The uh, leading rusher was Dejon Harris, five attempts, 25 yards, the long rush of 15, which means after one run, uh, he only had about 10 yards after that. So. <laughs> pretty sad. Obviously, there was some runs for loss, and their their running back who exploded on DC defenders was out this week. I cannot think of his name for sure right now. They just called him Mister Mr. Excitement. You know, uh, he was doing flips all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's his name. <laughs> Last name Excitement. Yeah, but uh, he he definitely would have probably added a little bit more impact to the game. I think could have actually helped LA pull this one off with actually helping with actually having a rushing game that might have helped out just a little bit. Um, but, yeah, there's just no balance in the offense. The 13 rush attempts, 40, uh, 40 pass attempts. Josh Johnson did have a good game other than his one blemish on it, which was a one interception. He went 25 for 40, so th- uh, throwing for 63%, 325 yards passing, two touchdowns, and that one interception I talked about earlier. Uh, if it wasn't for the interception, that would be a pretty rock-solid game. This is still a yeah. good game um, no, by any means. Josh Johnson has definitely seen some major improvement uh, compared to the first two weeks of the season. Oh, uh, he was actually not. Uh, he didn't play the first week of the season. Second exactly. Week of the season the Thank first. you. And he he threw for around two seventy five, three hundred. So he he's he's doing pretty good. It, he it's might just, be and he uh, top three quarterback in the league. He he's definitely top three quarterback in the league. It's just especially all with Carl Jones' recent performance. Yeah, it's the offense is just not complete. And when you only have to worry about him passing, mm-hmm. that's those are pretty good numbers for a, a guy. If teams know all they have to do is worry about the pass game. Exactly. Those are pretty pretty good numbers, but uh, as we talked about earlier, the third down completion percentage was absolutely terrible. They were two for twelve. That is seventeen percent for anybody who does not want to do the math. Uh, it was it was quite terrible. <laughs> but uh, on the opposite <laughs> side of the field, two for twelve is so yeah, that, bad. That is, that is totally so for most terrible. people. If you're at forty percent um, third down com- conversion, that's not terrible. Fifty percent to sixty percent is ideal. Seventeen percent is not. Not ideal in any sense of any game <laughs> at all. <laughs> but uh, on the opposite side of the ball, New York might have found their quarterback in Luis Perez. He went 18 for 26 uh, for 69%. Nice. Uh, but he only threw for 150 yards, which I think is something they're going to have to work on. Um, but honestly, going against the L.A. team who struggled with the rush, it wasn't really a surprise. They actually, uh, New York almost threw the game away because they did start going away from their pass game. I mean, uh, from their rush game and started passing a lot more. And that kind of allowed L.A. to stay in the game longer than they probably should have. Uh, they, uh, they almost pulled a Kyle Shanahan. Almost pulled a Kyle Shanahan uh, the way nobody else can pull a Kyle Shanahan. Uh, so, <laughs> but he did uh, have 150 uh, 50 yards, one touchdown, zero interception. So a decent game. There's always room to improve, but decent game overall. It's um, all about staying clean um, and out of turnovers. 
exactly. As, as we can see from a couple other games, turnovers is what kills you. Yeah, losing the turnover percentage is uh, usually it means you're going to lose the game, especially when the competition is kind of as close as it is right now in the XFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the XFL defenders actually said that uh, they were bending, not breaking, which is kind of how the defense played pretty much the entire sing- entire game. Uh, they were outgained 345 yards to 250 yards total throughout the entire game. Uh, but they made third down stops when needed, as was seen by the 2-12 and 12 <laughs> third mm-hmm. down um, conversion rate. Obviously, they, they had solid third down defense. They had them yeah. well scouted. Honestly, I think it was more... I wouldn't give like I would give the uh, the defense credit. Their the defense was actually really good, uh, but I would say that the the play calling uh, wasn't the best on third mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. It looked like on third down they were kind of either going for something that didn't develop, or they were just going for too much, uh, or just too little. You know, they just mm-hmm. oh it's third down. Let's run the dive. Like everyone doesn't see that coming. It's like right. you run dive and you have a jumbo formation out there. What do you think people were gonna think you were gonna do? <laughs> So it's just play callings coming into hand. Uh, but I like it that the games are kind of, like I said, evening out, getting closer to the middle. Actually, this will be the halfway uh, mark this week uh, for the XFL. And I feel yep. like teams are starting to even out. The teams who are doing really good are either still doing really good or now they're crapping the pit. Like I said, <laughs> the Houston Roughnecks are pretty much the only team that hasn't looked like absolute trash at some point this season. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for them on that point. But every other team at least has shown some bit of okay. The XFL does need some work, but at the same time, it's well. It, there's it's a bunch of two and two teams, and obviously there's competition. It might not be high quality competition, but most games are very competitive, and they do come down to a player two, which yeah. is just more excitement. Um, going to the next game, um, the Sunday or the Saturday night game where the Seattle Dragons at the St. Louis Battlehawks. The Battlehawks took this game 23-16, to another one-score game. Of course, in the XFL, you also have to remember that a nine-point game is a one-score game. Um, yeah. But, Jalen, the argument I'm going to make, especially after, after the last two weeks, I will say that St. Louis is the hardest place to play on the road in the XFL currently with how well the fans sell out the lower bowl and how loud they get and how um, hard it is for offensive function, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. I that is the worst place to play on the road. I and feel like also, isn't it that isn't it the old Ram Stadium that they're using? Yep, the dome. Yeah, I feel like having that that dome. Uh, I feel like that just it's a slight advantage. I wouldn't say it's just hundred yeah. percent like like how um country, how right? the the CenturyLink field that Seattle plays that has those awnings that help echo stuff down. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think the dome helps. But I think that venue and I want to give a lot of credit to those fans because those no, St. Louis fans. Fan. Have been started from football. Of course, we talked about the awful Rams owner to take him away. And it's really nice to see the XFL capitalize on placing a team in St. Louis, knowing that they have this rapid fan base. Yeah, and no, definitely. I was, I was fans, definitely looking forward to getting a team back in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. These fans are doing the job, and all credit to them. But to get on to the actual game, Jordan Tealmu with another solid performance. As I said, he won Player of the Week honors from the XFL, 20 for 27. That is a, almost a 75% completion percentage, and that is awesome to have. 264 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, didn't you do a lot of touchdowns? Um, let's see, each team only had um, two touchdowns. It came down to the field goals as um, St. Louis was able to net three field goals, while the Dragons were only able to net a couple. But where he really took, um, where Talma really took this game over was on his legs. Um, he was the leading rusher for this team, 16 attempts, 63 yards. A lot of them, came, most of them came off of scrambles, but a lot of them, some of them were designed runs for him. Um, one of the things I mentioned for the Dragons, something they have to worry about, is their turnstile at the quarterback position. They had both quarterbacks take snaps, and they even had some other snaps by a wide receiver. I um, took a couple. So they, they have a lot of people throwing the rock. Um, but what's, ba- what's not good is that their leader was a new starter, B.J. Jan- Daniels, who's been the backup. Five for ten, 50, so that's only 50%. 100 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That is almost the definition of below average. And that's really just not good. That's not going to get it done. And then you look the other way. Your former starter, Brandon Silvers, is supposed to lead this team to victory. Um, it didn't, hasn't done that. Still hasn't done that. Four for ten, 27 yards, no touchdown. No interceptions. 
two yeah, that's... awful performances at the quarterback position, and that is what is going to not only stop you from winning games, but that is going to lose your games as well. Yeah, no, that's definitely not the way to go. <laughs> you're not you're not winning in that situation. So no, not at all. Um, another problem, a lot of, a theme in the XFL is that a lot of teams are not good on third down right now, and that yeah. is a little surprising to me. The Dragons only went three for ten on third down, but what really kept them in this game is that they were perfect in the red zone and goal-to-go situations. So when they had a chance to score, they did score, and that's why they had. Um, that's why this was a close game. But another reason that this was a close game is because the Battle Hawks did not do as well as the Dragons in the red zone and in the goal-to-go situations. The Battle Hawks should have had more points in this game. They only went one for three in the red zone, and you can't expect moving forward, you have to do better than that. You have to be above 50% in the red zone at least if you really want to win these games. This game should not have been this close. Not even close. Uh, you could obviously see in the game the kind of, I would say, I wouldn't say skill difference, but I would say uh, team play difference. You can obviously see that the Battlehawks are obviously a better team uh, than the, uh, what am I, Vipers? We're talking about Vipers, no, right? No, no. Uh, talking about the Dragons, buddy. Dragons, Dragons. I keep getting them mixed up just because of the green. The green. The green. <laughs> They're both reptiles. <laughs> well, is the Dragon a reptile? Who knows? It's not real. Technically, we can never decide. Um, dra- dragons real. aren't real, just like the hopes and dreams of those Seattle fans. Yes, but the Dragons. Uh, but you could definitely see that they were a better team than the Dragons. The Dragons are just kind of all over the place. I think the only kind of position where you could point out and be like, that is a good group is their running backs. The running backs were absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. But other than their their running backs and their rushing game, they don't really have anything. Their defense is subpar. Their passing game is subpar. Coaching subpar. Special teams subpar. Like <laughs> so it, it's definitely a team that's in progress. <laughs> to say the least. Yes. To say the least. Uh, yes. I think that so the third the next game was the first one on Sunday. And I'm just going to say this. This Texas throwdown, the Houston Roughnecks at the Dallas Renegades, this biggest rivalry game in XFL history, was the most exciting game, I'd say, up to date in the XFL. It was really good back and forth, a lot of drama, and a lot of good football plays, um, with the Houston Roughnecks one pulling this out 27-20 to to take over t- control of the state of Texas and to stay at the top of the rankings in the Western Division. Um, one thing I alluded to, Jalen, earlier was this, and also last week as well, when we talked about defenders and Wildcats, the turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. It's going to lose you games. The demise for the Dallas uh, Renegades was the turnovers. Four interceptions. Landry accounted for three of those. And one interception was near the end of the game in go- at goal line territory, and that clinched it for Houston. Which was and, a beautiful interception, oh, it was by a the way. great interception. You guys should go look. It, it was tipped, and then the Houston defender went and, like, one-handed it, like, maybe Palomalu a couple did. inches. couple inches above the grass. Amazing. He's great the Palomalu play. of the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> without the hair, of course. Without the um, hair and without jumping Great in the defense um, by the Houston Roughnecks, though. The, off, the Dallas offense, one thing I was looking at, they were able to rack up yards. They had around 300 total yards. On the first drive of the game, they drove down the field. They're just cranking out first downs, but no points to show for it, and that's because of the turnovers. These turnovers were absolute drive killers, momentum killers, and eventually game killers, and most of these were courtesy of Landry Jones. 25 for 38, 205 yards, one touchdown to three interceptions. Like I said a lot of times, I'll say it again, you can't do that. Ouch. You just cannot do that. Um, but, of course, we had, on the other side of the football field, we had MVP Jay Walker with another solid performance, and he puts himself even further in that MVP race. He um, completed 25-41, 240 yards, two touchdowns, the the lone interception, uh, which did put the game in the lorry. Um, he's better than Josh Johnson. Shut your mouth. Mm, but PJ Walker is still easily the leading candidate in the MVP race. But one thing that differed on the offensive side of the football for Houston is last couple of weeks we've seen Cam Phillips. Cam Phillips has been he's gone six three touchdowns in over the last two weeks um, in each game, so six touchdowns, 
He's won Player of the Week honors twice. He's ridiculous. But this game was different. Cam Phillips, three targets, one catch, nine yards. So Definitely obviously not the same production he's had over the last couple. Not weeks. the same production. Um, Walker didn't throw it to him as much, but also the run games probably played a lot more defense in covering Cam Phillips. But in trying to cover Cam Phillips, that opened up a new guy to get the open. new Patriots and right receiver. That's exactly what I was saying. Nick Hawley had a career game, eight catches on eight targets, 97 yards, one big touchdown. And, of course, he is a white wide receiver, so we all know he is on Bill Belichick's radar for next year. Oh, yeah, definitely. He is definitely one of the, uh, the weapons that Tom Brady is looking for to stay with the Patriots. Oh, I don't know if... because he's not a lacrosse player. Speaking of the Patriots and Tom Brady, uh, did you see the video that was been circulating around of Julian Edelman? Yeah, and Tom Brady at the uh, basketball game. And how uncomfortable Tom Brady looked when Julian Edelman said he'll be back. (laughs) He's going to the Raiders, and we're all going to hate it. Yeah, he he, he looked at him like, shut up. (laughs) We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll get to that. But um, amazing game. Really good back and forth. But you cannot have you can't be minus four on turnovers on if you're Dallas and expect to win that football game. It was closer than it should have been, uh, especially because the Renegades, the first two drives for the Renegades end up in interceptions, but the defense went and made stops and just gave up two field goals, better than touchdowns. That's so true. that's what held them in the game. But it's still the undefeated Houston Roughnecks taking the big Dubsky down in Texas. The last yeah. game of the week was the D.C. Defenders Trash. at the Tampa Bay Vipers. This ended in a drudging, a shutout for the Tampa Bay Vipers, winning this 25-0. After the first couple of weeks, who would have thought that we would have seen the Vipers beat the Defenders 25-0? to If someone told me this, I would have thought they were on some crack. I would have told them that it was going to happen. Well, yeah, yeah. That that's just you though. You're not sane. No, I'm not. But <laughs> I'm right. So <laughs> I feel like hey, uh, you know, the, that, that that works. Yeah, yeah. Fair the wild the Wildcats are uh, cracked DC. They 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 kind of made some separation. I think that's why I said. Did the Wildcats derail the entire season for the DC Defenders? I think you could definitely tell that the offense and defense definitely were not clicking the same. It kind of seemed like they were all kind of against each other. You kind of see like a little bit of team arguing going on and just Cardell Jones look irritated again. He did not have the best game at all. <laughs> no, well, uh, it wasn't just him. It was the offense because that offense was not clicking. And you could see, thank, uh, luckily, to the uh, all the cameras and microphones and live mics we have on the sidelines, we could really hear about – some controversy. There's all arguing between Cardell Jones and coaches and receivers, and they're obviously not on the same page. Not at all. And uh, definitely, he he's not happy. Uh, receivers are getting yelled at, so you know they're not happy. Uh, linemen are allowing sacks, so you know their coach isn't happy, which means they're not happy. And little brothers getting hit in the back there, so they're really not happy. And that defense is getting torn apart by two offenses in a row. So they're definitely not happy. Last couple weeks have been bad for that awful for that DC defense because uh, last week we had the Wildcats, who were typically a bad offense. They put up thirty nine. The Vipers typically a bad offense. Now they put up twenty five. Mm. Um, but if we're talking the Vipers, they've been able to put up twenty seven last week and twenty five this week. Um, after scoring only a total of twelve points in the first two weeks, where that three in the first game and nine in the second. So. Obviously, they're doing something right, and they're doing this on a giant run game. They are a run-heavy team, and that's what's saving the Vipers. They have a combined 266 yards and two touchdowns this week, with their leading rusher being um, Davion Smith, 22 attempts, 122 yards. Um, the, and, of course, uh, yeah, Cornelius, the quarterback for the Vipers, kind of stepping up. 77% collision percentage, 211 yards. The one touchdown to one interception, but that is one of the better performances that he has had on the season. So he might be going into a bit of uptick. The thing that's not going to uptick, though, is that defender's defense. They were outgained this week by 300 yards. 
the defenders uh, um, gave up 470 yards while the offense are only able to put up 107 total yards. Ouch. That's oh, bad. Oh. That's, that's outplayed by 300 yards. That's that's tough. That's a wide margin. I think one of the biggest things, the stories coming out of this game, is that there's quarterback controversy for both teams. So on um, late in the game, the defenders had their backup quarterback, Tyree Jackson, in the game. And we heard on the sideline, thanks to those live mics, that Cardell Jones said that he should be benched. Ouch. So obviously someone doesn't like that. And I think they're going to have to have a little bit of a conversation between each other. Carl Jones mm. being the captain and was being um, the, the starting quarterback. I think he should be the one to bring this up. I think we should have a false count anywhere match to decide the new <laughs> starter for this week. No disqualification. No disqualifications, of course. We're going to see Carl Jones get hit over the head with a chair. Sorry, chair shots are, are uh, banned in WWE. But we'll see him get hit over the back with a chair. Is that yeah. is that what you're telling me? Uh, definitely, and then, you know the you know with no inter, uh, no uh, DQ, you know teammates can interfere, so the teammates can interfere and help out whoever they feel like they should help out. And, you know, we might we have have a team brawl on our hands. I would be all for that, to be honest. Put them put them in hell in the cell. Put them Ooh. in put them nice. in hell in the cell. Uh, but the, there is a controversy. For the Vipers, um, their backup Quinn Flowers, fan favorite Quinn Flowers, the uh, the Quinn Flowers, the person who scored the first offensive touchdown in history for the Vipers, wasn't suited up this week. He wasn't even at the game due to personal, uh, the team said personal reasons, but he has requested his release from the team, and obviously nice. he's sick of it. Good for him because he deserves better. He should be the starter. I don't know why he isn't. But this was something we were saying, Jalen. If Landry Jones is going to be out for an extended period of time and Quinn Flowers has to be released, Quinn and Flowers to the Renegades. Yeah, uh, I definitely see. Uh, I, I think he's going to sign. Uh, what's the rule? Are they allowed to sign with the team if they're released? If they get they cut, they can, yeah, they're a free agent. Uh, I, think, I think he'll be signed by, well, probably the end of the week. If he's released at any time this week, I think he'll be signed by... By what we, we're in week five, so I think he'll be signed by week six, week seven at the latest. Yeah, um, I think he as soon as he's on the market, I think he's going to get picked up um, because he he's a big talent and he really should be. And he really hasn't had like obviously he hasn't played the best, but at the same time, with he the snaps upside. he's been given, he yeah, he, he's had he's had more upside than any quarterback they've had, which is why I'm confused on why he hasn't been allowed a full game to play he's also way more athletic than cornelius is especially in the red zone and i just i don't know what the vipers are doing but that that was it for um for this week four good games um except for the defenders but i thought they're all for the most part they're all quality games three of them uh, were one score games and the xfl is fun to watch and i'm having a my expectations keep on getting broken every single week i watch the xfl i'm waiting for it to fall off I'm waiting for something yeah. bad to happen. It just hasn't. It just hasn't. And I yeah. don't think it's going to, personally. Love yeah, it. That's definitely looking on the up. Hey, moving on from that, though. we're Like I said be, at the beginning of the show, we have a brand new segment today. And it's called Beat the Clock. So I have a – the way this works, I have a list of questions. This week, I have eight. They're all yes or no questions. And I'm going to give Jalen 30 seconds – to try to get through all of these. I've been watching Family Feud. I got this. been watching Family Feud. Prepare yourself. I'm breaking out the timer. I'm getting 30 seconds on the stopwatch. We're not fancy enough to have the production and throw the timer up on the screen yet. So I'm just going to have my trusty phone here. All right. And all of you better be okay with it. Um, And so, Jalen, we're going to start this things off on my account. Okay? You ready? Okay. Okay. Let's do this. New segment going now. Will Quinton Flowers be on a new team next year? Yes. Justin Herbert won the combine. No. St. Louis is the hardest place to play in the XFL. Yes. Tom Brady will be on the Patriots next season. No. Phil Rivers will be playing in Florida next year. No. The Colts are the best destination for a free Asian quarterback. No. The Lakers and Pelicans were the best NBA game of the season. Yes. 
as time expires, Jalen gets a yes. Uh, I'm not sure. I think we had to bring it to replay. I think the buzzer ran. Mm, but... I think it was you asking questions, though. You asked them too slow. Okay. But that wasn't <laughs> bad. So to recap, we had a, you said a yes, a no, a yes, a no. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, so Quinn Flowers will be on the team next year. Yes, Justin yes. Herbert did not win the Combine. No. St. Louis is the hardest place to play in the XFL. Tom Brady will not be on the Patriots next season. Phil I can Rivers. give you a quick recap of why I chose each answer real quick if you want. Yes. Um, All right. Quinn Flowers, obviously we just talked about that. We yeah. know that. Why didn't Justin Herbert win the Combine? I feel like um, he did good. He definitely did good. He uh, didn't really shine in the 40-yard dash, but he still showed he can move. He's not slow. Um, but I think he showed that his one big issue that people had a problem with was his he looks like he's aiming passes. Mm-hmm. And I think during drills, why he did look fluid in some throws, a lot of the quick throws that you need to get away in the um in the NFL that you can't. He's really going to get in, the, in the NFL is what you're yeah. saying. He he um, he, he looked okay. like he was aiming. And That's that good. was a doubt. You said that St. we talked about St. Louis is the hardest play at the XFL. We talked yes. about those reasons. Where is Tom Brady going to be next season? Um, right now, I think I, I do think he's gonna probably end up in Oakland, but I do see Indianapolis. Hey, 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 we should have a tip jar or we have to have a swear jar every time you say Oakland. Uh, you said Oakland too, so we're even up. Well, no, I said it out of context, yeah, but you still said it. Oh, okay, okay, even. I hate you. This is the every time you he's say end up, he's probably gonna end up in the black hole or probably in Indianapolis. Uh, there's a small chance he ends up in Miami, but I think the only reason he would end up in Miami no. is because of his ex coach. Hell no. Um, he also, Tennessee is also on the table because of Mike Vrabel. Yes. Um, Philip Rivers will not be uh, be playing in Florida next year. Where is Philip Rivers going to be? I actually think he's probably the lead candidate for the Colts job. That's what I was thinking as well. The Colts are the best destination for a free agent quarterback. No, I think the Raiders are the best position because while they do have Derek Carr there, uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks with that system that you could just input there. And the team is pretty much like they're not really bad. They have a lot of pieces. They're just missing a couple of keys. And they can honestly address those in free agency and the draft. So honestly, as a quarterback, you could easily go there and have a fully built team mm-hmm. already there for but you. Do we not to... remember that the Colts were eight and were – in the AFC divisional round, they could be in the AFC championship game, um, but Andrew Luck retired. I think they just need a quarterback, and they'll be back in that AFC championship game conversation, uh, at least in the divisional round. I think, um, I think that's definitely a, a possibility. And well, the last question was the Lakers versus Pelicans. was the best NBA game of the season? And you said... I said yes. I said uh, I said, said yes, yes because... because let's talk about that. We're actually going to roll into some NBA news. Um, that was our Beat the Clock segment. I um, want to hear you guys' feedback on this. I think it's a fun one. Um, and if you guys like it, we'll keep it. If not, we still might keep it because we're assholes. Yeah, and by, and by everyone, we most likely just mean Andrew's most likely. Andrew the one who and Logan. Andrew and so, Logan. And yeah, Ryan. Andrew and Logan and Ryan. The big three. The big three. Love you guys. Those are our big three right now. If you want to hop yeah. in our big three, you know, respond, you know, message us. You know, do stuff couples. like that. Hey, we got a lot of new guys on Twitter. You guys better check us the hell yeah, out then. Definitely. But we're almost, we're almost NBA got, news. Uh, marking of a uh, hundred on Twitter. Oh, so yeah. There's definitely something to look forward to. Oh yeah. So NBA, we har- we don't talk about this, but we need to because there is was a gigantic matchup between the Lakers and Pelicans, possible playoff um, series we're looking at. And Jalen, you want to take us away on this one? Yeah, it was a beautiful game. I think it, it's. So far since Zion's been – when the first season started, everyone was like, is Zion even going to play this season? Is, is Zion going to perform the way he played in college in the NBA? And then when he first got here, everyone was like, eh, well, yeah, we saw what he could do in college and then the um, in the early games in the preseason. But it's like, can he really do that against NBA stars? And I think he did. I think he showed out. Um, Zion ended up playing 33 minutes. He scored 35.7 rebounds and had one block in a very dominating fashion. He doesn't miss shots very often, and he's been dominating pretty much since he stepped foot on the court to actually play and stopped falling asleep on the sidelines. Uh, he's been doing pretty <laughs> great. Um, on the opposite side of who he went against, uh, LeBron, the 36-year-old, 35-year-old, 36? I believe he's 36 now. Old man. He might, he might be 35. But, um LeBron played 36 minutes, had 34 points, 12 rebounds, and 13 assists, which is not too bad for an old man. Um, 
he definitely showed Zion that he is not going anywhere anytime soon. And Zion also kind of sent a message back that the the future is here, old man. Uh, that is a Malcolm <laughs> the Middle reference for any of you guys <laughs> you know you. that way. Thank you. <laughs> but it it was definitely a beautiful game to see. It's been a while since we'd seen kind of somebody who's almost at the same position as LeBron kind of compete with him like that. In terms of but, athletic dominance and capability. Instead of, yeah, in terms of athletic just dominance and uh, capability, you really haven't seen anybody dominate the game like that since LeBron. And so to see somebody do that against LeBron <laughs> was, was, was exciting to see. It was different. It was weird almost. Yeah, it was, it was weird to see. And then Zion is just out there and, you know, he looks like a really big dude and you don't you don't seem to be as athletic as he actually is. And the like, way Zion's playing, the way he just takes man and has that yeah. kind of confidence, he doesn't look like a rookie who's been playing like 10 games. Yeah, no, definitely. And then one of the stories that came out after this game, everyone was celebrating about it. Uh, Derek Rose came out and said that um, Zion needs to lose weight because uh, he said that's what caused his big uh, infamous injury was the fact that he had kept gaining weight and was getting so big that his leg just couldn't handle it. And I, I feel like that is something to look into, is people were talking around that time that Derrick Rose was getting kind of big or bulky. I wouldn't say just big as in, like, fat or anything like that. Just He was getting bigger, bulky, yeah. kind of gaining yeah. weight. And, you know, just that athleticism, your legs can't always just take that extra weight, and especially if you're not conditioning them the same. Uh, so oh, yeah. I, def- I definitely think it's something to look into. I-, I hope the best for Zion. I hope that's not something he has to think about through his career. I would love for him to just play for a long time and just not have any inter- injuries. And if he doesn't have injuries, he just be a little small, you know, a little muscle tightness or whatever that everybody gets. Oh yeah. I, you know, I hope the best for everybody. I never hope anybody gets injured in the NBA. No, uh, yeah, definitely bright future for Zion and a, a bright present right now and, for the and lebron might have just put himself back into that mvp um race well it's been it right now it's, it's probably Giannis's award to lose and if we're being yeah. honest lebron james maybe besides last season be, uh, well, every season he's in he you could name lebron james mvp almost every single year of his career yeah. and you really no one can. would really be like no one really be pissed off i mean obviously people would be pissed off just because in sports everyone's always going to have their opinion but I feel like the masses, if you LeBron's name LeBron. Just, that's how good LeBron is. Yeah. It, it's it, just great to LeBron. Um, yeah. But crazy game. That might have been the best NBA game of the season. It was yeah, really no, good. That, and you especially, it might be the best, especially because to start things off, you had none other than the legend, Pat McAfee, um, getting the lineups announced. And that he was electrifying on the mic. Electric. I love Pat McAfee. That 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 was definitely a, a second best for me compared to um, UFC is obviously always number one for me. A UFC okay. announcement always gets me going, uh, but that was definitely yeah, a, a, a number two. But Pat uh, McAfee brought I, it, yeah. And yeah, honestly, I, I I said this, and I really want Pat McAfee. Of course, we um he's working with the WWE. Um, he, that's a dream of his, and it's crazy to see him doing this stuff like that, living the dream. But I want to see him as a WWE in. Um, I want to see him as a ring announcer, calling people down to the ring and, and wrestlers and stuff like That'd that. That'd be awesome. I think he absolutely smacked that out of the park. Um, to finish out the NBA news, the playoff race in the West is heating up, especially for you Kings ferocious. fans. Yeah, ferocious. And I don't know if you guys know this, but me and Ross are both originally from Sacramento. Uh, I exactly. am a big Kings fan. Uh, Ross is a slight Kings fan. So uh, I'm a Kings fan just because I kind of want to be nice to Jalen and some of my friends are Kings fans. Yeah, but uh, the, the race is heating up uh, right now. The, there is about, uh, I think, four teams that are kind of fighting for that spot. It is the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Grizzlies that are all kind of in that conversation. Also, the Trailblazers are also in that conversation. Um, but it's kind of just going been back and forth. As of right now, the Grizzlies do hold that eighth seed. Uh, most of the other teams behind them, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Trailblazers, are three games behind. After tonight, the night that we are recording this on the 3rd of March, um, the Pelicans, I mean, not the Pelicans, the Kings are two games behind, and they also end up having uh, two meetings in the next two weeks, I believe, with the Pelicans and Kings. Ooh. So that can definitely be a decider 
for uh, who's going to compete for that. It's really it's, getting down to it, man. There's yeah, not a really lot of playoff, There's not a lot of games left. It's not crazy. The season has really flown by. If we're talking yeah, hockey and, and uh, basketball. But I think it's going to be a close one, especially since the Kings do end up having the head-to-head lead on the Grizzlies. If they do end up catching up to the Grizzlies and they either either match uh, records or they end up beating the Grizzlies on record, I think the Kings do have a really good chance, especially the way they've been playing. They've only really—I think they've lost about two games in like their last ten, I believe. If that's uh, that might be a little bit. I think that's a little bit too many games. It might be less than 10 games. Mm-hmm. They've really only lost about two games recently. And recently, the Kings also had that big win over the Clippers in Sacramento. Yeah, that, that was beautiful. Pelicans obviously had that game against the Lakers. They obviously didn't pull that one off, but that was a great game, and it kind of shows that if they can play like that against every other team, they're mostly can get the win almost every other night. The mm-hmm. Grizzlies, John Morant, uh, pretty much the leader for Rookie of the Year, uh, pretty much his main competition right now. He's is, even been put in the MVP conversation, which is ridiculous. Yeah. So uh, that that one's been going great. They're, they've been playing good. Uh, they have been on slight drop downward. They have been losing a lot more games than they've been winning lately, So, which has made the eighth seed heat up because the other teams have caught up at this point. Most teams were around like eight games behind, and then the Grizzlies kind of dropped down for a bit, and then the other teams got kind of went on a winning spree. So uh, that, that has increased it. The Spurs, big news from them tonight, they had um, Tim Duncan coach for them tonight, and they ended up making Tim Duncan, you know, they they put him uh one one and zero in his coaching career, uh, and now a lot I love of Tim Duncan man. Yeah, a lot he's, of casual he's the best. fans. Yeah, definitely. He's really he's, he's, the best. he's one of the best. But now a lot of casual fans are calling for the firing of Popovich. Are they really? Stupid. Yeah, it, it's it's trending. Oh, that's so bad. Fire Popovich. Popovich is the Tim greatest Duncan. NBA coach of all time. Definitely. He's yeah. never going to be fired. He's going to have to retire. That yeah. that's re- he's a Hall of Famer. He's a walking Hall of Famer. And and I don't think you follow a, a, a top Hall of Fame coach of all time for Tim Duncan, who has one win as a coach. Not right. not to say Tim Duncan wouldn't be a good coach, but it's yeah. just not something. No, it's do. a little early to pull the trigger on that one. Yeah, just but a little early. Appreciate your NBA insight, and we actually cover the bases. Of course, uh, we have to have you on is the token, but not in that way because uh, token for the NBA. To- we're not racist, guys. Come on now. We're not, we're not Get racist. your heads out of the gutter. No. I have black friends. <laughs> I obviously have at least one. So that yeah. makes me not racist by default, right? By default. It's it's in the rule book, guys. Look at everybody. Uh, section <laughs> 5B, page 20. Uh, if you look in there. Uh, Which it, article? It Which article? It's in, the, it's in the Cranberry article. Paragraph? 15. 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you guys can quote that. You guys can go cite that. It's all good. Quote that. Um, we're going to wrap this show up with a um, new segment. We're going to call this the two-minute warning. I got a couple stories. Um, they're either fun, interesting, or cool stories from this week in sports. The One of the stories is from the MLB. A lot of you guys know 39-year-old Jose Bautista, big guy. He has had just home runs and big plays in the outfield, mostly known as a power hitter. He had that one giant um, – hit the the grand slam the with the major backflip in the playoffs against the Texas Rangers and that was one of the coolest things one of the biggest time things we'll ever see he pimped the hell out of that backflip uh-huh. it was ridiculous but beautiful a power hitter he's reportedly training to be a pitcher right now in spring training i don't think we're going to expect to see this one um he was expected to be playing first base this season um, as opposed to outfield, to where he's played a little bit of time. But to hear him training to be a pitcher, trying to be a dual player, I don't know if he has it in him, but I'm really interested and curious to see where this is going to go. Yeah, uh, is he going to flip his glove when he gets a strikeout? <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it might get a delay of game if he throws it too far. But Who knows? Yeah, Stupid-ass stomps. But um, <laughs> the story I want to end this show on it's something that I thought was amazing. It's really inspirational, and it's just amazing to see what sports can do. So, um, Sanders winger Bobby Ryan scores a hat trick in his first home game back from his leave of absence that he took to go handle his problem with alcoholism. Um, he took 
a break in um so he checked into a program rent by the nhl players association Respect. back in november 20th of 2019 he knew he had an issue and he was it was obviously a, becoming a big deal and he put himself into the rehab program which takes a lot to to do and uh, to, first admit, off, to to exactly. take the time and uh, the power to admit that you have the problem in the mm-hmm. first place is definitely that one of the hardest but first steps so and, that yeah, Beautiful. that is a huge sign of respect. He only had one goal this season, and his um, it, this was his first hat trick since the year 2014. But he scores a couple ones, and then he gets the empty netter late in the third period to get a hat trick in his first home game back. He got one of the biggest Daniel ovations. He had people in tears. Him, he broke down on the bench afterwards, and it's hard. To, I don't know how you couldn't. It's amazing to see. Man, I love sports. That's yeah. all. I, I think that's the thing. And the I great word of memes. Sports. Everyone liked that. <laughs> that was an amazing story to see. And it, it's just stuff like that is remarkable. And I get goosebumps just by talking about it. Hell yeah. Jalen, um, you want to send us home with your quote for today? Uh, yeah, let me pull that back up real quick. You know, I got way into this, so I got to pull that up. Okay, so our quote of today's podcast what what's the number today ross what what podcast 26 our podcast number 26 um our quote of the podcast is from muhammad ali the great late great muhammad ali um i hate every minute of training but i said don't quit suffer now live the rest of your life as a champion which i think is something you can live by in anything work if you play sports i think even the last story the nhl story we just talked uh, it he took the time to stop and, and go through the struggle of getting rid of it now and handling and addressing this problem now so that he could come out and be the champion he is on the ice in the future. So yeah. I, I think that that was beautiful hey, to see. All I know is everyone keep grinding. We're going to keep grinding here at fourth and long. Thank you all for joining us this week. This is a big week because we're having, we just released our combine. We're going to have this weekly podcast and we're also going to have our UFC 248 preview show. Lots of stuff that you're all going to want to check out. We thank you very much for listening. We thank you to all of our new followers on Twitter. Really picked up recently. Thank you for all of our new subscribers on YouTube that really picked up recently. And thank you to all the fans for giving us love and support. And all of you guys mean so much to us. And I can never stress that enough. Thank you very much. Of course, go follow the Twitter, the Instagram. uh, Follow us on Spotify. uh, Catch us on YouTube as well. And thank you all very much. And we will catch you guys back on next week's shows.